0: You're listening to Start Here, Finish Here, and Everything in Between. A podcast dedicated to reaching out to students and their families to explain the nuances of transferring credits from LCC to another college or university, and more importantly, demystifying some of the popular beliefs surrounding higher ed. On today's podcast, we will be focusing on college affordability and the many resources students can utilize to complete their education and fulfill their career goals. My guest is Ryan Viewins-Bliss. He is the Executive Director of the Michigan College Access Network. Ryan has worked in education and the nonprofit field for more than 15 years, serving in K-12, higher education, and community organizations. He is active in his community and around the state and is committed to public service and education access. Ryan, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me. So happy to be here.
0: Well, we're going to pick your brain here about all the resources that students have available to them. One of the first things I wanted to talk about was the conversation about affordability and in what ways um, are all the headlines sort of damaging students pursuing their educational goals?
1: Well, I'm so glad you started with this. We often talk at MCAN about adults who give bad advice. And and in that uh, bucket, I would include media talking heads. So you turn on, you know, any given cable station at any time of the day, you are likely to see someone talking about college is too expensive, college is not affordable, you'll end up with a million dollars in debt, there's no return on investment, you know, the time of college has come to an end, all of which is uh, hogwash. (laughs) The data says the exact opposite. So what we see is that students, especially low-income students who already are fearing affordability, students of color, first-generation college-going students students who are by large numbers not on sort of a college path right now or don't believe they are, they hear those folks saying that and they think, college isn't for me. There's no way I could pay for college. And so it really depresses any sort of fire inside them, them or their family, that this is possible. And then all the messages from their school counselor, all their messages from you know their local community college, all their messages from us at MCAN that say like, you can go to college, you can afford college, college is for you, they're sort of numb to because they've already heard sort of, you know, the real deal on the media saying college is not for them. So it's really difficult to try to unpack that for students and families.
0: Absolutely. It's kind of hard to now like fight that negative. Can you share your insights on President Biden's student relief plan and the Michigan Achievement Scholarship?
1: Yeah, the uh, student loan relief plan, if the court system lets that go through, is great. Uh, It's clear that the way that the country has set up student loans is not helpful. It's keeping people in debt and sometimes in poverty, and that's not the intention. We wanna make sure people can get loan money, pay it back legitimately, but not do so in a predatory way. And the way the loans are set up right now, you can pay and pay and pay, and then somehow you end up owing more money than you owed to begin with. And that, I think we can all agree, doesn't make sense. So I like the proposal to say, we're going to take a little bit off to give you all some relief. The next proposal, I think last week that his administration came out with was to restructure loans moving forward. I think those are really great. But to your previous question, all of the talk about Everyone's going to end up with tons of money and loans and no one can pay it back. That has sort of reinforced this media message to students and families that college isn't affordable. And it's so not affordable that now we have to offer loan relief on the back end. So while it's good for loan holders and families and the economy in general, it is also reinforcing that message that college is too expensive. Wow. On that note, though, college is now becoming much more affordable in Michigan via the Michigan Achievement Scholarship, which we are just incredibly thrilled with. It is the largest investment in financial aid from the state in a very, very long time, perhaps even ever. It's something like 169% increase in state-based financial aid in, in one bill. So we're thrilled about that. Suddenly people will now have a pathway to community college, to tribal college, to independent colleges, to the public universities, whatever is the best match and fit for them so they can take that money to that institution. So it's hard to tell you in words how thrilled we are about this. This is a big darn deal. We're trying to make sure students and families know this is happening. And this is going to happen starting in class of 2023 and then beyond. So the class of 24 and 25 and beyond will also have access to this. So this is a long-term investment. The message we now want to send to the legislature and the governor was this was a good investment. Students and families needed this and students and families took advantage of this. We don't want it to go away because folks aren't using it.
0: So what is the path to getting that achievement scholarship? Do they fill out some paperwork or is it based on their testing scores? How does that work?
1: Well, we have been incredibly successful at getting the state to stop creating new paperwork. (laughs) Nobody likes paperwork. People don't like to fill it out. The state doesn't like to process it. So let's get rid of that. So the state, in in a wise move, when they passed this bill, said, we're not creating a separate application for the Michigan Achievement Scholarship. All you got to do is fill out your free application for federal student aid, your FAFSA, which students and families should be doing anyway. Even if they don't think they're on the college path, to help them see what that package might look like, it might be a game changer to decide them to get on the college path. So they were very wise to say, we're just going to use that FAFSA. So students that have an EFC, an estimated family contribution of $25,000 or below, are eligible for the full Michigan Achievement Scholarship. There is a portion of that that comes first that is sort of a minimum amount that everybody will get. And then there's what's called a last dollar amount, which students who have need, after all of their other aid is taken into consideration, will be able to access that last dollar amount. So there's two sort of chunks of money in the Michigan Achievement Scholarship. So I'm really excited that this is much more streamlined. So students and families should fill out their FAFSA. That'll tell them if they're Pell Grant eligible. That'll tell them if they're Michigan Achievement Scholarship eligible. That will help with institutional aid from their college from other federal aid. And if students do want to take out loans, that's the pathway to federal loans as well. So really setting that up as a one-stop shop to make the college going process much easier and clearer to students and families.
0: That's awesome. The more, the more seamless we can get with the process for students, I mean, that is wonderful. What other things are you doing at uh, Michigan College Access Network to assist students and families?
1: Oh, Patty, we don't have a podcast long enough for that. (laughs) Just hit the Uh,
0: highlights.
1: (laughs) This is what we do day in and day out, uh, and we really love it. Uh, We really work on the systems level at MCAN. So we don't work directly with students and families. We're trying to change the things that are making things hard for students and families down the line. So institutional policy. God bless our friends at LCC, but you, like every other institution, have some policies that make it harder for students to access and be successful. The state has those policies. Uh, K-12 schools have those policies. So how can we sort of poke the system to be better? How can we poke the system to be more accessible for students and families? So we work with K-12 buildings, high school buildings. We've got a ton of programming around college applications and FAFSA completion and announcing and declaring where you're going to go and changing uh, things within the school building. All sorts of things around high schools uh, to get that system working better. We have a community mobilization department that works on the community system. So how do people who aren't in a K-12 school or a higher education institution, how can they help students and families go? How can we as a community make sure we're supporting our students, our children to be able to access college and hopefully come back to the community and invest in the economy locally? Uh, So we've got local college access networks all over the state that help do that. We've got other alliances that we pull together. We do about a million dollars in grant making out to local communities and local organizations to help them do things like that. We also have a service strategy department, and that's where we're using funding from AmeriCorps and other sources to help put boots on the ground in communities to help students. We know, and this is true of almost all things with youth, that a caring adult in their life makes a difference. Uh, And it certainly is true of education. So whether that's a teacher, a school counselor, certainly we hope parents fit into that uh, bucket. We are putting folks in high schools, college advisors to be one more caring adult to help students do these things. We're putting college completion coaches on community and tribal college campuses to be one more caring adult To help them, even once they go to college, be able to persist and finish and actually get a certificate or degree. So trying to use volunteerism as a strategy to help students go to college. And then in the next three years in our new strategic plan, we'll be working more with student success. So once we get all these kids to college, how do we make sure they finish? We'll be working with adult students, uh, which is relatively new for us. And we'll be working with aligning the workforce to make sure K-12, higher ed, and the workforce are all aligned. So I know that was a laundry list and too much to list. But those are the systems that we're poking on to do better for students because ultimately what we have is not a student problem in our country and in our state. We have a systems problem. We are not a friendly system to students and families to be able to access higher education. So we got to stop trying to change them and start trying to change us.
0: You know, I'm so glad you brought that up because I was thinking that as you were talking that so many states around the country are what we call system states. So if a student goes to junior college, their associate degree and whatnot is accepted at the four-year school. And since Michigan is not what we call a system state, it's kind of like ad hoc, right? It's like the Wild West. You just kind of, you know, depends on where you plan on going, So I'm wondering, is transfer any part of that conversation when you talk with students about affordability? In other words, are we encouraging students to look at the community colleges around them first and then transferring those credits?
1: We certainly talk about transfer, but we use that theory I mentioned earlier called match and fit. We want the student to find the best match and the best fit for them institutionally so that they will be successful there. Oftentimes, that is a local community college. Sometimes it's a four-year institution in the state. Sometimes it's an out-of-state school. Where are they going to be able to thrive? Where are they going to be able to find the program that they want? You know, does it matter to them if they go to a U of M or a Northwestern or a Harvard? Or are they looking for just some rock-solid education that the name doesn't necessarily matter? You know, we've got an incredible bunch of regional universities in the state that they could go to. So first and foremost, what's the best match and fit for the student? If they choose community college as so many do or tribal college, certainly transfer is the next conversation. Are you looking to get a certificate or an associate's degree from that community college, are you looking then to transfer to a four-year? Transfer has been a bit rough because we are not a system state. We can't say all students who do this will then be able to transfer here and will look like this. Instead, it's, you know, individual agreements between 28 community colleges and three tribal colleges and 15 public institutions and about 30 private (laughs) institutions. So all of those have their own nuances, which frankly does make things a little more difficult for students and families. But institutions have gotten much better about strengthening these pathways for students because we just found a couple of years ago that not as many people are transferring as we would like. Not as many people are transferring as who had identified that they wanted to transfer. So we knew there was a breakdown. I'm sure some of your listeners, uh, probably none of your listeners actually, have read this recent report from the Michigan Community College Association on transferring. But I I bring it up not as a data nerd, but it was so fascinating. It tracked students. Where were they going from community college to four-year? And where were the primary feeders into four-year from community colleges? And, you know, I've worked in this uh, business a long time, and I thought I had this down pad. Of course, these students are going there, and these institutions are pulling from there, I read that report and it was, it blew my mind. Where we think students are going is not where they're going. Where we think students should go is not where they're going. Where we think uh, institutions are feeding from is not necessarily happening. So that told me that students are making decisions based on something else. And it's probably because those systems aren't as strong as they should be. So we've got some work to do around transfer but it's certainly a really good pathway. What is really great about your previous question around the Michigan Achievement Scholarship, students have five years of eligibility for that scholarship and they can mix and match. They can go to a two-year institution first and then transfer to a four-year school and take that eligibility with them. So that is an unusual piece in a a scholarship. So we really like that.
0: You know, you mentioned FAFSA. I always stumble on that uh, acronym but that's that, the free application for federal student aid. And um, what are we looking at in terms of where's Michigan in completing their students completing their FAFSA? And like, what do we how do we rank nationally with that? And why is that important?
1: It's too low is the answer to that. We have been losing ground on FAFSA completion in the state since about 2018, 2019. As you can guess, the pandemic really made that worse. Right now, the picture for the 2023 FAFSA is that we've got about 31,426, give or take a few, FAFSAs completed in the state. And these are FAFSAs by traditional high school students, not folks that are already in college or adults. Uh, And that data is as of January 16. That's about a 26.6% completion rate. Last year at this time, we had 27.6%. So we're exactly 1% less than last year at this time. Last year at this time, we were also about one or 2% less as the year before. So we're again, headed in the wrong direction. And why this is so important because of our previous conversation, FAFSA is the ticket to student aid, state aid, federal aid, federal student loans, institutional aid, some scholarships at private institutions or private foundations also require FAFSA completion. It really is a one-stop shop for students and families to see what kind of financial support they can get for college. Also, we know the research says if you fill out the FAFSA, you are more likely to go to college. I know that sort of seems like a no-duh moment, (laughs) but the data backs that up. So we believe the more students we can get to fill out the FAFSA, the more likely they will to see that it is actually accessible. College is accessible to them and affordable, and that they can go and then make the decision to go. So it's two prong. It's very practical that you can get money from that FAFSA. And also the research says if you fill it out, you're more likely to go.
0: You know, oftentimes I feel like students, especially the high school students, aren't really looking at the long game. Like, I, I I was in a conversation with some other folks about students deciding to work when they get out of high school and I don't know if they're doing a gap year or just deciding not to do college at all. And I think I I simply said, well, what do they want to be when they're 60 and 65? I mean, you want that comfortable living, right? You want to build a rest back on something that you've invested because you've had these jobs where, and I just don't see that happening with the jobs that folks are stepping out and getting. So is there any talk about maybe changing that dialogue a little bit and saying, you know, yeah, right now it seems tough but you're going to be happier 30 years from now. And I know that's hard to convince an 18-year-old, believe me. But is there any thought process about that?
1: Yeah, I mean, we're both parents, so I think we both know changing the dialogue with your kids is really difficult. Uh, I, I do think we as a society have to look at things a little bit differently and talk about them differently. It's really difficult. I find it really difficult. We hear from businesses right now, we need workers, we need trained and skilled workers right now, so can you, you know, LCC, can you MSU, pump out those workers to us today? They're also saying, we don't know what the jobs of the future are going to look like. We couldn't even tell you what, you know, type of workers we'll need in five and 10 years down the road, and I think that's a really hard message for students and families to try to parse out. So we need trained and skilled workers now, But also, we don't know what it's going to look like in the future. So how do I pick my pathway? How do I, you know, what major do I take to get a job that doesn't exist today? I I don't know how to advise a student on that. That's really difficult. And when you start to get squishy (laughs) with students and families, that's where they start to get hesitant, like what, you know, start to get naturally suspicious. Is this a good use of my time and money? Is this a good pathway for me? Do I need college? Uh, so that that makes it really difficult. So that's the type of conversation that's happening. We also have a high contingent, and I mentioned it when I talked about the media earlier. It the media gets it from this, you know, somewhat polarized, somewhat politicized group of people that are trying to convince folks that college is no longer worth it, that college is there's no return on investment, college isn't necessary. They sort of use words like, are you too good to work with your hands? Why don't you go get a skill? It's really, I would say, yucky. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, trying to put our adult baggage on kids. A kids got to be able to make the decisions for themselves. What do they want to do? And, you know, we have a shortage of doctors in northern Michigan. You got to go to college to be a doctor. You know, everyone hates on lawyers, but boy, when you need one, you're glad you have a good one. So we got to have people go to law school. We've got a nursing shortage. We have a teacher shortage in our state. So the more messages we send to students is college isn't worth it. Don't go to college. I'm not going to be able to get a doctor's appointment. I'm not going to be able to be cared for at the hospital. My kids aren't going to get a good education because there isn't enough teachers. Those are real problems that face us that we have to be more honest about. So we've got to really give better advice to students about the power of college, the need of college, the pathway that they can take. And if they choose not to go to college, it's not a bad thing. We should celebrate their decisions, but that does have implications for their lifestyle down the road that they should understand. We also have to better understand in our state that Michigan does not have a strong trade school system. We have a handful of independent trade schools that would identify as such, But if you want to get into a skilled trade, most likely in Michigan, you still got to go to a community college. You still got to get a certificate from an LCC, from a Washtenaw Community College, from a Gogebic Community College up in the UP. So we often, as adults, tell students, don't go to college, go to trade school. In Michigan, that is almost always the same thing. And so we need to start lifting those things up as college. If you go to Lansing Community College, that is in its name a college, whether you're getting a welding certificate or an associates in business. Those are both college. Those are both important. But you're going to have to go to a place where there are people who are trained to train you. And that gets missed in the message because it's, it's complex. It's not, you know, clean and easy to understand. My kids watch YouTube all day. They play on their video games. They love it a ton. If I could design a video game or a YouTube video that would catch their attention on this topic, I think I would make you know billions of dollars and probably save the world. But I am not smart enough to do that. <laughs>
0: Well, that was a great answer, and it really kind of encompassed it all because I think sometimes we look at the younger generations and we think, well, they just don't want to do it, but you really pointed out that they perhaps they feel like they don't have the proper guidance that they need to make such an important decision, and then that's on all of us, right? Like, how do we help them navigate that?
1: Absolutely. Patty, you have hit it. That is so true. In the recent survey data that we read, 84% of K-12 students wanted to go to college. And when you ask the adults in the community, do you expect your kid to go to college? That was not 84%. Do you think college is important for your student to go to? That was not 84%. So we have a mismatch in values and ideas for how we wanna proceed. Students see the pathway, they do. We think they don't, but they do see it. I wanna to go to college, I wanna be a XYZ, But somewhere along the way, advice from adults or systems that don't allow them to access, dampen that fire, and they don't end up going. We do not have 84% of Michigan high school students graduating and going to college right now, but they're telling us they want to.
0: Well, it's about time to close out this show, and I'd like to ask each guest if there's a story they can share about something that impacted them or in some way how they helped someone. If you could just share that with the listeners.
1: Yeah, I. You know, I I would say the reason I am so passionate about this work is that college changed my life. I am from northern Michigan. Uh, I grew up in northern Lower Peninsula. You know, that's not a cosmopolitan area. You're not exposed to a lot of different people and different ideas up there. Wonderful place to grow up. Uh, I wouldn't change it for the world, but somewhat insular. I went to Central Michigan University, and it It just changed my life. It opened up uh, leadership skills inside me. It made clear what my career pathway should be. I made the best friends that I have had in my entire life that I'm still best friends with now. I met mentors and staff members, community members, and faculty members that I still call for, uh, you know, as a 40-plus-year-old man for advice to this day. College was just a game changer for me. And, you know, I'm a white male from northern Michigan, so if college can change my life, someone who already lives in a lot of privilege, imagine what college can do for women and people of color and other minorities who don't have as much access to these resources. So we've got to make sure that we make college more accessible uh, more traversable, more understandable, so that more people can have life-changing experiences and figure out what they want to do with their life like I was able to do so many years ago.
0: Well, you know, I can just hear it in your voice and in the passion that you give this whole topic. So and we could talk for hours, I'm sure. I'm so, yes. <laughs> I, I'm so thankful that you came on the show today to talk about all this, and hopefully we've helped somebody else you know, make some decisions, or maybe change the the way they're talking to students. So I think I that's hope a big piece. So. Yes, college
1: is for them. College is attainable. College is for everyone. Go to college. I promise you, it'll be worth it.
0: Great message. Thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate Thank
1: it. You.
0: You've been listening to Start Here, Finish Here, and everything in between at Lansing Community College.